0: You are listening to a Sunday Sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the last Sunday after the Epiphany, February 14, 2021, by the Rev. Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, where are we headed? What is our future? Where are we going? What has God called us to be and to become? These are the questions that the disciples, Peter, James, and John, were likely asking themselves as they climbed the high mountain with Jesus. Most of us can figure out that the success of any climbing expedition Depends on the integrity and skill of the leader, of course, the clarity of the vision and the mission, and the trust and faithfulness of the followers. The disciple Peter knew this when he answered Jesus' penetrating question that precedes the beginning of their journey up Transfiguration Mountain. Remember the question? Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Now Peter, true to his personality and likely an eight on the Enneagram, is the only one bold enough to venture an answer. You are the Christ, the Messiah. Sounds good so far, but actually all hell breaks loose after Jesus defines both the mission that he is called to be on and the cost of following him. I must suffer many things, be rejected by the religious leaders, die, pick up a cross, and after three days I will rise again. Remember what happened next? Peter couldn't accept the vision. He couldn't accept the vision of Jesus' future. In fact, he rebuked Jesus for talking about it in the way he did. He could not accept this vision of his future as well if he were to follow Jesus. Now, looking at Peter eye to eye, Jesus simply replied, get behind me, Satan. A bit harsh, wouldn't you think? But isn't there something demonic when any person attempts to prevent oneself or others from receiving the divinely blessed future that God desires for all to receive? Now, Peter could have walked away at that moment, but he doesn't. He knows that Jesus is the leader. He follows Jesus up the mountain with the other disciples, where God would give birth to the futures, to the futures of these disciples beyond their wildest dreams. But even after summiting with Jesus and James and John, the struggle continues for Peter. Eventually, the vision of his future with Christ became so compelling that Peter himself would eventually lay his life down for this vision, this impossible dream, and the hope for a shining new and transcendent life would be known to him. Peter found it hard to keep the faith, and so do we. How many of you, and I know that I am, are having trouble imagining a future in light of what we've gone through this past year. Many of us are just living day to day trying to complete the often overwhelming tasks of just trying to stay safe and sane. Navigating the Alice in Wonderland experience of qualifying and finding a vaccine. Holding on to our jobs or trying to like our jobs that have changed so significantly parenting children, wrestling with online education, nurturing friendships and marriages from afar that we may not have enough energy to take good care of. When we are able to pause though and catch our breath long enough, we do start to imagine a life, a dream, but unfortunately this dream often goes to darkness. It emphasizes the fullness of the losses, not the new life. They can no longer do's in our life. Grief for a life that we are beginning to realize that we're not likely to go back to anytime soon or at least enjoying the same shape that we once did. Healthy thinking, tough for the disciples, tough for us. It's in short supply and Well, I don't know if this is comforting or not, but there may be an evolutionary reason for us to be having difficulty imagining a future, any kind of future. According to recent brain research, the further we try to imagine ourselves in the future, the more our brains stop activating, actually stop activating, making it difficult to brainstorm about a brighter future. It appears that we're wired, especially when stressed, to focus on only putting out the fires of the present moment. This wiring is hard to overcome. We can't easily do it without intentionally cultivating the practice of courage, by plugging ourselves into God through prayer and meditation and other disciplines. I would like to suggest this is what our land is all about. In other words, we all need spiritual intervention. By the way, Jesus clearly needed it as well. You may notice that Jesus frequently withdraws he, into some place of solitude where he can pray and step away from the frustrations and the distractions. Easier said than done for him and for us. An interesting detail that's often missed in the story of the Transfiguration is that it took six full days after Peter attempted to derail Jesus' mission, before Jesus himself could feel centered enough to lead Peter, James, and John up the mountain. We must never forget that Jesus was also fully human. All this is to say is that the story of the transfiguration of Christ couldn't be more relevant to us today. And important to us as we attempt to imagine and dream of what would be coming next for ourselves, our families, our jobs, for our church. As we begin to think of a time, hopefully in the nearer future, when we can begin to open things back up slowly and be reunited eventually. We need to trust that God is preparing us, just as Jesus knew that his disciples were being prepared before. He got them on that mountain trek. When Jesus led Peter, James, and John up the high mountain, he gave them an amazing gift. It was a gift they didn't fully appreciate until later, maybe much later, when their dreams and their expectations were crushed as Jesus, their beloved leader, hung on the cross. On that mystical mountain, Jesus changed his appearance to an unmistakable and gloriously transcendent way to only, not only to reveal who he was as a rabbi, but also his full divinity. It revealed his divine nature, but his disciples, and that includes us as well, need to find the courage to believe in the transfigured Christ that even in our present moment, with so much uncertainty and troubling thoughts and disturbing, intrusive thoughts, that we can imagine that Jesus has already given us the vision, the vision of the transfigured face of Christ that we can look into and know that whatever mountain we have to go up, that that he is there, that the gray, lifeless face of the crucified one, all the death that those Disciples experienced death of dreams and visions, all those things that it represented, that beyond that, there was the hope for a new life that eventually would shine brighter than any ray of sun. And eventually, these disciples, and us too, can be radiant with this divine glory. By revealing his divine nature, Jesus gave his disciples the gift of hope and the reassurance that they would be part of a future, not just any future, but a glorious future with Christ that would transcend the present suffering and be part of a kingdom of love that has no end. In time, Jesus' disciples would learn, just as we have, that we will be transformed if we are brave enough to enter into the cloud of unknowing with Christ, We stand in the nearer presence of a God who saves, a God who heals, a God who gives us a new life that is worth living. Now, if this sounds like a foreign language to you, it is. This is not the language of our culture. It is the language of God. Our culture tells us that we're to figure this all out on our own and without God. But we know better. And the transfiguration of Christ reminds us that only God can give us this courage and a vision of glory that can propel us past the present circumstances. If you happen to be listening this day, wondering if God is real, if you feel like you don't really have a real future, that you're just hanging on, you are welcome here. You might be surprised that we are a community that desires to understand your pain and has likely experienced the hopelessness that you may be feeling at this moment. Please tell us who you are. We want to walk with you up the mountain with Jesus, whatever mountain you happen to be on. Today and every day, we, through the eyes of faith, are given the opportunity to meet a dazzlingly, beautiful, and loving God, who wants to know each and every one of us intimately, personally, and will go to great lengths to help us become more, not less, of who we are created to be by God in his image. If we come into the presence of the living God, we will be changed, and potentially everything and everyone we touch will be changed as well. In a major survey done by a nonprofit group in Palo Alto called the Institute for the Future, the results revealed that we human beings have more difficulty imagining the future as we age. Apparently we lose gray matter, connectivity, to the regions of our brain associated with picturing and imagining the future. Very surprisingly, having children or grandchildren did not increase the frequency of thinking about the future. According to this research, only one thing did, a brush with mortality. So the time may be right. God is breaking into our world in this moment for us to imagine a new future, even a glorious one created in his image. As followers of Christ, we have been given the gift of being able to see change as positive, even necessary, and to receive the glorious possibility and dream of being transformed. As we prepare for the season of Lent to begin, where ashes remind us of our mortality, our brush with death, I invite you to keep climbing whatever mountain you may be climbing on, knowing that Jesus will meet you there and will wrap you in his glorious presence and love and offer you a promising and bright future dazzlingly bright that you will share with us your saint thomas family and friends together we need not fear the future that is to come amen For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.